1: Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will and I'm your host. Today's show, I believe, yes, this show is indeed brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more i'm joined by john breach and tyler sullivan the soon 48 hours away from getting married we were talking about it before the show uh very excited for you sully Thank um you. and actually i think i taking some vacations right after you get back from your honeymoon so that'll work out perfect look you at, guys can hold down the fort yeah look at us um you nervous you excited or yeah at? i'm feeling pretty good it does, you
2: know. Again, I know nothing. You didn't know what time wife. you are getting
0: married. So I, clearly, right. you're not. so and,
2: <laughs> and I think that that is the right approach. I don't need to know anything. Just I, all I know is to be in a tux at two o'clock at the at the place. Well, where
0: then, then, well then, so see that's you know the time. So right. like you know, so, like, yeah, you so know your time. time. That's all that matters. Right. If you're in a tux at two o'clock at the that's venue, part. that's somebody. There's mean. a wedding planner to be like, "You need to go here. You need to go here," and just I, the other thing I would tell you too. I hope that you have one of your friends. I, I always try to be this friend at weddings. Um that in the reception when you're you cause you're talking to everybody. I don't know how many people you guys are having big, small, like you know, I know like 120. I mean, it's a lot it's a lot of people you gotta talk to. Yeah. Um how many how did you have at your wedding? Uh
3: six seventy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yours yeah, yeah. was more, I mean, it was more, I mean, like, don't give me a problem. We, I, like, and, 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 yeah, my, my this was, a long this time. was not like four,
3: a 500 person. We had, like four, we had like
0: 400. It was a, like, it was like impossible to like walk five steps and not talk to anybody. And, um, but I would say that like, it's nice to have, make sure you like indicate to a friend of yours that you know, like one of your boys. You wouldn't mind if he if he was constantly rotating through to check the cocktail in your hand at the reception. Oh yeah,
2: like the Kennedy yeah. package is what they call it, right? Like just yeah, exactly, every, exactly every time it gets well, a little low.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, we got a lot to cover in the show. We are going to uh, talk about Pete Prisco's top one hundred free agent list. I'm very excited to do that. We've done it with Pete in the past. Yes, reach Get it off the show. Are we doing a
3: live podcast from Sully's wedding? Is that what you told me before the show, Brenton?
0: No, it's a Saturday we are in the offseason.
2: Those, are, those yeah. are precious times. I don't know if we're taking
0: it for that. Yeah, absolutely no chance of doing a live podcast on a Saturday in the offseason. <laughs> um Sully getting married right before the combine. Hope you're in combine. Hope you're, hope you're in the best shape of your life, Sully. Well, that's where we're uh, what we're doing on a honeymoon. That's what I told you. Do? No, we, you look you look, uh, you look, slim. You, 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 you. you know, just getting ripped. You know? No, no, no. Before, look, you want to be in the best shape of your life before you get married. You do. And, it's, um, all, it's all downhill. From all downhill from there. I know. I was telling Nick Costas, uh, Brisco actually posted a photo of me from like 12 years ago on this text thread. And I was like, yeah, dude. Like, do you know what's happened to me the last like ten to twelve years? Like, of course, I look different. I mean, like, come on, you're go gonna grow up. Um, I was like, Costas, you're gonna be, you know, Costas is gonna be like ball, bald, fat, and like, you know, like like the like kids at hand screaming about like NHL draft odds in twelve years. And I'm not saying you will, Sully, but no, I'm looking um, forward to it.
2: That'll be great. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, seems yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll try to work that into my vows somewhere. That'll be great. That's, yeah,
0: I don't. I wouldn't do. Definitely wouldn't do that. Anyway, let's get into it. Um free agency begins on March 13th. Let's bring up Pete's top 10. I'll be honest. So we're gonna nitpick the crap out of this top 10. Originally, I think it's 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 not it's not easy to do. I always my buddy Bill Barnwell, and uh, I go on Bill's show a bunch, but he always does uh Pro Bowl Snubs. But when he does Pro Bowl Snubs, his article, he's he, he believes I think this is the right approach. If you're gonna take somebody out, if you're saying, like, t- Jalen John Johnson's not a top ten quarterback. Or be like, you're gonna say somebody skipped snubbed in the top ten? You'd be able to like pull somebody out, you know. And so I think like that, that's a, a fairly good approach here. Like if you're like, oh, like Saquon Barkley needs to be in the top ten. I'm not saying he does. It's like you know, who, are, who are you pulling out of the top ten? Uh, I would ask you guys: Is there anybody that you think is flagrantly included or omitted from this uh, top ten list of Pete's? You can see it on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash at NFL and CBS. You can also, of course, read it on CBSports.com For those listening. Kirk Cousins one, Chris Jones two, and Pete's a little weird about the positional value. Value his cousins one you know, injured, but whatever. Uh, Josh Allen three, Justin Matabike, four, Daniel Hunter five, Lajarius six, Jalen Johnson seven, Brian Burns eight, Antoine Woodfield Jr. nine, and T. Higgins ten. Breach any uh, anything stand out to you about? It could even be like it's ridiculous that T. Higgins didn't higher. I mean, it, whatever stands out to you, here about the top ten.
3: You know what's funny is just looking at this whole entire free agency class, it isn't something that blows you away. So I don't feel like there's anything you could egregiously get wrong here. And look, as you said, Brinson, this is usually a time where we pick Prisco's rankings apart. But I didn't find a lot of things to dislike. And I I really wanted to dislike everything because it's Prisco. And I just couldn't do it, so I don't really have a bone to pick with his top ten. I feel like he did I, a good job. I hope Prisco not listening because that's a compliment, and I don't want him to think I I ever gave him one.
0: No, I mean, like I was, um, I was sort of the same way, Sully. In which, like, I was like, ah, we're gonna shred this top ten, and I was like, uh, eh, I, I mean, like, maybe you can move Cousins down and have Chris Jones up, uh, Brian Burns you know I mean, look, Chris, like Brian Burns is probably gonna get franchise tag. Um, you know, Justin Benabique is probably get franchise tag. A lot of these guys um, aren't going to actually be free agents, so it's a tough list to do. I, I think you could make the case that Brian Burns, even with the down season, did play in the 3-4. He like, was like a 25-year-old pass rusher. I, don't know, I-, I think he'd probably be a little bit higher. Cousins is, is coming off an Achilles injury late in the season. Maybe I'd push him down. That would be my nitpick. Anything for you, sorry. That's what I was gonna say. Is the Cousins? I, I totally
2: get it, and I'm with you guys for for the for the most part. I think it's a, it's a solid top ten. I really don't have any issues with it. I get where Pete's coming from. Obviously, it's positional value. You want to get a quarterback when healthy. Cousins is a guy that could take you there. But boy, ugh, you know, coming off an Achilles into his thirties. He does have more question marks than to just say he's a set-and-forget guy that you can plug in and be great. We don't know what it's going to look like post-Achilles. We're all kind of in this like weird world now where, I don't know, these Achilles injuries are now like ACLs where you just come back from them. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. So for a guy with those kind of question marks at that age and all of the questions about him as a player when it comes to winning in the postseason and winning in these tight games, that's a it's a tough number one, but again, I can see where he's coming from. Well, and then I'll, I'll add on to that,
0: too. I think, and again, i got to pull somebody out here, so I'm going to – oh, shoot, I just closed this list. Of course I did. Uh, I'll get it back up. But I, the, the guy that I – um the guy that I think – if you're going to put Kirk, Kirk Cousins at one, perfect. God, great job, uh, Harry. Mike yeah, – I mean, Baker Mayfield, excuse me, at 13, how, if Kirk Cousins is number one, how is Baker Mayfield not a top-10 option? He's younger. He's he's you know had play, some playoff success. He's won in multiple places. He has the pedigree of being a first round pick. He's had a really good year by a good offensive line. He's a veteran quarterback. Now, I know we th- we talked about it earlier in the week. So, like the Pats aren't going to go poach Baker from the Bucks. Baker likely goes back to the Bucs. But I mean, if if a team needed a veteran quarterback right now, I think you have a better chance of winning ten plus games with Baker Mayfield than Kirk Cousins in 2024 because of the unknown of Kirk Cousins injury. Yeah, I think that's totally fair.
2: I mean, you know, again, we're talking about positional value. That was the case that was made for Kirk Cousins at number one. It just feels like Baker could be a touch higher. Again, he's 13, so it's not like he's down in the – he's 27th or anything like that. Like, he is still in the, to, in the top 15. He, there is some value put there, but if we're talking about number one for Kirk Cousins – there, there isn't as crazy of a drop off as you may think with Baker Mayfield. I know that that it, sounds a little crazy, but it's not that big of a
0: drop. It's, it's like if Cousins is one, and he's one because he's a quarterback. Obviously, it has to be. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. like you know, then, then, then you think Baker should be in the top ten. Agree or disagree, Breach?
3: Uh, I don't. I mean, if don't I don't really care, if I had an option between Cousins and Mayfield, I'm taking Cousins all the way. I just feel like he's going to be healthy to a new yeah. system quicker. And the injury is the only concern, the only thing that would even make me slightly consider Mayfield there. So I do think there is a sizable gap between those two. And I I understand what you said, Brinson, where you point out that he's had success in multiple places, that he he clearly can fit in uh, with any team that signs him. But, yeah, I I am fine with – you know what? I'll say Mayfield should be 12th, not 13th.
0: Okay. Uh, Harry, if you bring that top 10 back up, I just want to – let's look at this really quickly before we place a matchmaker. of these guys, how many do you think end up actually becoming free agents? Like cousins probably will, but he could easily just re sign with Minnesota. There's some chat that some some buzz that they don't want to guarantee his full contract like they have the last six years, and he really wants it to be guaranteed. Like if you're signing Kirk Cousins, you're expecting him to play the entire time. So I would be surprised if they don't cave there. Uh, Chris Jones, the Chiefs picked up his option. Um, dude, he's basically said he's coming back. Josh Allen, franchise tag, Ben BK franchise tag. Do you know Hunter, free agents, luxurious need. I yeah, I mean they just need to bring him back. Jalen Johnson's an ascending young player. Brian Burns, franchise tag. Winfield, franchise tag, and Higgins, franchise tag. Any disagreement on those uh, assessments? No,
2: I think Hunter, I think Hunter's the guy that's probably going to get through.
3: Yeah, I think if I was to oh. rank these players based on their chances of hitting free agency, Hunter would be number one. Uh, yeah. One of the two Chiefs players would be number two, probably Snead, and Cousins would be number three.
0: Yeah, and so, like, that's... You got to think about when Pete is putting this list together because he gets to constantly revamp the list. It's like a pain in the ass, dude, to be everything, Frank. And if he's, if he's constantly revamping it, and you get through the franchise tag period, and you get two free agency this list is going to look completely different. Very like we think what four of these guys might be on the list and then you can flip up and toss the you know, 11 through 20 is where you'll start seeing those guys creep up into the top 10.
3: And real quick on the chiefs, real quick, uh, luxurious Sneed went on K Adams show a week or two ago or whenever it was. And his exact quote was when asked if he thought him and Chris Jones would both resign, he said, I don't think they got enough money for both of us. Hopefully they got enough for both of us, but you know, they're going to make it happen. I hope so. So when you have a player literally coming out and saying, yeah, they probably can't afford both of us, they actually feel like they probably won't end up affording both of them.
2: Well, no, yeah, not only was... that, well, real quick, you know, as much yeah, as yeah. we're talking about the defensive side there too, Kansas City still does. I know they just won the Super Bowl, but their big glaring need this entire season was wide receiver. That's not a cheap yeah. position to go fill. So if you might have to choose between Chris Jones and Snead or keeping one of them and then addressing the wide receiver spot.
0: Yeah, and I've got some surprise wide receivers that can hit the open market later uh, in the show. I do think one of the things that needs to be addressed with the Chiefs is LeJarrius Sneed and Chris Jones both are – because Sneed was a second-year player, right? Yeah, like they, they're both two-time Super Bowl winners. Yeah, Chris Jones has won three Super Bowls. I mean, it, I, you, got, you want to get paid. You always want to get paid. I would never blame anybody for getting paid. But, man, if I've got a chance to be on the first team in NFL history, to threepeat and win the Super Bowl, I, 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 I at least like factoring that into my decision. Like winning three Super Bowls in a row would be pretty freaking awesome. I, I the reverse the argument against that
3: though, Brinson is a lot of players. Hey, I want to win a title. I want money. Well, I have my titles. Yeah. So now for sure. I want to go get my bank because if you stick around and you take a hometown discount to go try and win this third Super Bowl, you're not getting that money back ever. Where maybe you go sign with the Panthers and become the highest paid cornerback in NFL history because they're just blowing, you know, whatever team you sign with. So that's a great point. This would be a tough if I'm a free agent.
2: See, that's I think (laughs) that applies specifically with Snead, I think, because he's someone who hasn't really even cashed in at all yet to this point. Chris Jones, you might be able to make a case. I mean, there's a couple of years there where he's made 20 some odd million dollars. You could sit that's a maybe a little bit more of a pull to say, hey, come back, let's do this three-peat. Sneed might not be as as willing to do that to sacrifice some money.
0: Yeah, that's a great point because I didn't I didn't think I realized that Sneed. Or, sorry, Sneed's yeah, in his fourth year, just plays fourth year, so his rookie contracts up. Um, I'm thinking of uh, the other one, um, the other quarterback, the other defensive and, back. And Sneed you
3: know. was a fourth round pick, and so he's only oh, yeah. and he's twenty seven. He's, he's made less than four million dollars in his right. career, so I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, you're right, yeah, yeah.
0: Sneed, Sneed Sneed's not signing on a discount. You, I mean, and I wouldn't either. Like you won the yeah. third title, but this is one where you're like, all right, I'm going to go I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go make like generationally change generationally changing or generationally well. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go make my generational wealth and free agency. I got my two Super Bowls, I'm good. All right, let's play matchmaker real quick. And uh sort of with the top ten, it'll be fast because we just sort of went through those guys. I'll give you a player, you give me a team um we can just do you can each just do like we'll just alternate here yeah uh selling so i'll start with you kirk cousins
2: kirk cousins i
0: think he stays
2: in minnesota like i said on monday i think that they somehow find an agreement uh, you know fully guaranteed deal for a short amount of years they still draft a quarterback somewhere and he's the bridge guy for that next buy.
0: yep uh chris jones breach uh, I'm gonna
3: be boring and say he stays with the Chiefs. We're so boring, Solly. I, I mean he got drunk, yeah, he got crazy drunk
0: crazy. and screamed into a microphone with millions of people watching that he's and like, his, I'll be his, his, sure. i
3: I love that his agent tweeted out like oh, cut him uh, off. Yeah, let's let's get him away from the microphone. We're losing right. all our negotiation power here.
0: Uh, Josh Allen Jaguars
2: again. So, let's be boring. It, he's gonna get franchise tagged. See, that's the problem. Like, once we start to get a little bit later, we'll start yep. to be able to pinpoint other landing spots. But uh, he's a, yeah. he, like he's like we said, Month, uh, whenever we would talk Tuesday, clear cut. The easiest guy to peg is a franchise tag candidate,
0: right? I mean, him and him and him, Uh, not a BK franchise tag, yes or no, breach. E-
3: yes, I do okay. think they keep him, but yeah, let's say franchise tag.
0: Patrick Queen's on this list, too. Those two are the most interesting guys for the Ravens because right. you almost feel like one of those guys is guaranteed. And we'll talk about the Ravens and minute, but guaranteed to go to the Seahawks and join Mike McDonald. Legereus Sneed, you got a match for him, Stully? Uh, Legereus Sneed, I would say, I thought we were going to go Matt
2: BK. Oh, I I'm sorry. Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter, I'm sorry. Well, no, didn't we do Matt Abike yet? Did we do Matt Abike? No, no said I'm even You're the odd guys. My fault. That's my fault. I went to the wrong player.
0: <laughs> Daniil
2: Hunter, I think probably Houston Texans might be an interesting one. Pair him Ooh. with Will Anderson. They have a lot of money to spend. Defensive-minded head coach. That that could be a landing spot there.
0: I like that. How about all Jerry Sneed, Breach? Uh,
3: as much as we argued about it makes sense for him to uh, go to a new team and Get a huge paycheck and sign for as much money as possible. I, I do think he ends up staying in Kansas City.
0: The other thing about Kansas City is, and we, I think we overlooked this when the signing happened because it was mm-hmm. such an insane contract. They get Patrick Mullins a ten-year deal with all this money. That basically, it's like basically a, uh, a, a um, uh, uh, oh, I'm dumb today, but it's basically like an ATM for salary cap space. Like that contract is every year. They can go to Mahomes and say, can we restructure this? And he's like, and in fact, in, I don't know if people know this or not, but in most modern quarterback contracts and a lot of modern, just all NFL contracts, there is a automatic restructuring uh, clause written in. I'm fairly certain Mahomes has this. Basically what it means is the team doesn't have to go to the agent or the player to restructure the contract. They've already like built in what the restructures are. They can just, they can just exercise a clause hand Mahomes a bunch of cash and free up salary cap space. And teams have done that because – and players are willing to do it because they love it. They get cash in hand, and they, they restructure their contract in a way that's friendly. It's been a really nice way of avoiding a bunch of extra legal time in the offseason and holdouts because you can just say, hey, restructuring his deal, extends it out, gets some more cash, and it's just really smart. Um, so, yeah, it's need, I think that could make sense. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Sully.
2: If he doesn't stay with the Bears, I love the the storyline of him staying in the NFC North and signing with the Detroit Lions. They need Ooh. help in the secondary. They have a little bit of money to spend. I think they, they have like $52 million in space, if, I, if I'm pretty pretty certain. If that were to happen, I think that that is one of the pieces 50, that again, 50. Helps, per, the
0: helps,
2: helps put Detroit over the top. That was one of their biggest Achilles heels last season was the secondary. You bring in a guy that's young, can fit with that core. I think that would make all the sense in the world in a little spice because it's in the division.
0: And for the record, uh, the teams in the top cap space Commander, 73 million. This would be over the cap. Uh, Pats, 69 million. Nice. Bears, 66 million. Titans, 65 million. Bengals, 59 million. Colts, 58. Texans, 54. Lions, 50. All those are all the teams with more than $50 million in cap space at the moment. Uh, Breach, Brian Burns.
3: I do think they use the franchise tag on him. It seems like these two teams are still are, – it seems like these two sides, Burns and the Panthers, are just not on the same page because, look, if you're Brian Burns, you know you're one of the top players at your position, that you deserve a big contract, and you also kind of know what other teams think of you because you had the Rams offer two first-round picks yep. for Brian Burns – uh just a couple years ago so it, it's you ha- like that's part of your negotiation where look these other teams are going to pay me so oh, yeah. they're to pay me uh so i'm not sure if they'll get a long-term deal done but i do I, the panthers would be crazy not to franchise tag him.
0: yeah and i i really think that brian burns is a candidate i think that you could even say uh tag and trade like he's 25 he's a great young player we talked about this on tuesday but um, Ever other D.C. came in and changed him into a 3-4. He stuck around this year. At least it looks like he's going to stick around because the Panthers are <laughs> refusing to let him uh, go interview or anything. And Burns' production fell off a cliff. Like, he was, like, used, yeah. You know, and so, like, it, it would be very Carolina to tag him, keep him this year, have him play poorly in this scheme again, and then, like, go somewhere else and be awesome. I mean, that's just that would be right on brand for the Panthers, right? Uh, Antoine Winfield, Sully.
2: I'll, I'll go quick on this. Cause we said it earlier this week. He seems like a clear cut tag guy. If they're not going to tag Baker, they're not going to tag Evans. He's the guy. And uh, your boy breach T
3: Higgins. Uh, since we have been so boring uh, and not giving a lot of options for these top 10 guys, I will say three options for T Higgins. Number one, obviously the Bengals tag. put the tag on him, keep him. That's what I would love to see. Number two, He reunites with Brian Callahan in Tennessee. If there's anybody who appreciates what T Higgins can do, it is absolutely Brian Callahan, who was Higgins' offensive coordinator in Cincinnati, and will throw out the wild card. What if the Kansas City Chiefs, that is the home run they go after, and they try and get T Higgins? So I will say one of those three teams is where Higgins ends up.
0: I've been doing a bunch of underdog uh, best ball drafts. It's called like the big board, and it's before free agency and the draft. So, like the rookies are in there, and the and like you just, I don't know, like I like I find it really interesting because it's like, like for instance, I did I did one where I paired Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Drake London, and then I added Justin Fields, where it's like if Fields goes to the Falcons, you know that team like take is like all of a sudden I got great values on those guys, and then I did but I've been doing a lot of Mike Evans, T. Higgins, and Mike Williams paired with Patrick Mahomes, with the idea being that if one of those guys has free agency and goes to Kansas city, like they're, you know, where they're being drafted, like they would skyrocket in terms of their values. I don't know. I think it'd be, I think, I think, in other words, I think you're onto something there, breach with the chief's idea. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some free agent home runs. You might be flying under the radar. Next.
1: eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential,
4: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/rs10. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/rs10 today.
0: Free agency frenzy continues on the Quick Six podcast. Pete Prisco's top one hundred free agents are out. You can read it on CBSSports.com. We just talked about the top 10. Now we're going to talk about some dark horse candidates who can end up signing and being home runs for the teams that grab them has to be somebody outside of Prisco's top 15. That's the only rule. This free agent dark horse segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I think that um, it's very possible we – Missed the original rule that Harry correctly put in there with top fifteen, which is why I see Sully scrambling on the uh on the old <laughs> on the old rundown. Uh was was Marquise Brown inside the top
2: 15? He was in the he was 34th. But the same rule applies because it, it goes off to the conversation that we were gonna have. I, I have to double check if he's on here. If he's not, Kendrick Bourne certainly applies for me. He's a wait, guy that wait, 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 wait. but you don't want you would prefer to you just want to shift to Bourne. Well, if we're doing outside of the outside of the um Top, 50, uh, Solly, right?
3: He's not on the list. You're breaking the rules either way. You're just in no, the no, no. free agent list,
0: it's outside of the top 15. Oh, 15. I think you said, 15. Yeah, it I was like, Oh, okay, well,
4: I'm
2: screwed. <laughs> oh, well, then, yeah, no, Marquise Brown, screw it. I I didn't hear you right. <laughs> no. Break down Marquise Brown, give it out. No, go, uh, goes off of what we were just talking about with Kansas City. I, I think that he's someone who they should target. I think that he's someone who. Kind of gives you what Tyreek Hill had, not obviously to that same level, but a speedster, yards after the catch. Didn't really work out in Arizona. He had some moments. He got hurt in, in during his tenure there. And also, he had quarterbacks like Joshua Dobbs and you know Kyler Murray coming off an ACL. And even the year he was fully healthy with Kyler Murray, he's having a bad year with Cliff Kingsbury as his head coach. It just seemed like a really bad situation that he found himself with in Arizona. And if all of a sudden he can go into free agency, maybe not command what T Higgins is going to command or what Mike Evans or Michael Pittman are going to command. If they all hit hit the market, he's someone who with a lot of these wide receiver needy teams who are looking for speed, I think could be really underrated.
0: I I agree with you. I think, I think Brown um, is a guy who, you know, you get the ball in short space. It's one of those, it's one of those signings where, It it is a red flag that it didn't work out for the Ravens and the Cardinals who traded for him. But it's one of those things where, like, if Andy Reid signs him, it's like back in the day when Belichick would sign a veteran who hadn't worked out of the place, you'd be like, Well, this might work out here. You know, these days, Andy Reid signs anybody, drafts anybody. I mean, Andy Reid took Clyde over to Laird over T. Higgins, and nobody's giving him flat because he's winning Super Bowls. But that's just how, like, Belichick, and we talked about this on Tuesday, but the similarities are there. Belichick and the Patriots. Covered up so many mistakes in the draft because you were winning, and it's like people and like and you're drafting late, so it's a little bit harder. But I mean, I think that with Andy Reid, like he go, if he goes and signs Marquise Brown, people are going to immediately think, okay, Marquise Brown is in for a big, big season, and he does give you that verticality that I think they want in that offense. um I, You don't have to go very far on the list. In fact, he's the next guy on the list for me, Bryce Huff at thirty-five. So. He will be a tough evaluation. What are you talking about, Pete? Tough evaluation. The guy playing as sort of a backup style role. This is, a, this is way too low for Bryce Hoff. I'll be honest. Uh, I got on to Huff before this season because of uh, Deuce. It was a big Jeff. He was like, was Like this is the guy who's going to be a sleeper in terms of putting up sacks. You know, they're loaded at the defensive line in New York. They, they bring him as a rotational guy off the edge and he just gets to the passer. I think. That this that Huff should be higher than 35. I think it's weak sauce by Pete, that he doesn't have a good evaluation on him. Like the guy's been really productive in a short amount of span in terms of a pass rusher. We've seen what you can do when you expand that role to a full-time gig. The Jets, it's not like the Jets were like holding it back because he couldn't. They were holding it back because they had too many players on their defensive line. I think you could see a situation where Bryce Huff, like the contract of Bryce Huff. Gets in free agency, particularly if um, Brian Burns and Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen, or get the franchise tag, or maybe Daniel Hunter, uh, science, who, You know who knows what happens with him. Huff is younger, doesn't have the wear and tear, and has been really productive in, in limited time. I think Huff could get a monster contract that will really surprise some people.
3: Well, Brunson, let me ask you this with Bryce Huff, uh, since you mentioned that at the beginning of the show. If you think he should be higher,
0: where should he be, and who should drop down? I'm oh. muted, but I'm glad you asked that breach. Um, I think that and, you know the other guy that could be on the list too is Chase Young, by the way. I mean, like, would you rather like what are you gonna have to pay? See, I think you're gonna have to overpay for Chase Young. And like like I think I think whatever you pay for Chase Young relative to what you'll pay for Bryce Huff, I think I think their contracts will be a little bit closer than people think one, but I think that Huff will be will outperform his contract versus Chase Young, who's at twenty seven. And I think you know, Leonard Floyd at twenty eight, I'll take Bryce Huff over Leonard Floyd. Because Leonard Floyd's a one-year rental, uh, you know. He's a good guy. We'll talk about him in a minute because he's on my veteran list. I think he's a good ad for a team that needs like help as a pass rusher for a one-year rental. But if I'm trying to get somebody who I think might be, you know, a like a, you know, like a like a future like star on my defensive line, I think Bryce Huff, just 25 years old, by the way, uh, it could be that guy. Ten sacks last year, didn't start a single game. Double-digit sacks, 35 is way too low for this guy. Yeah, it's one of
2: those things that, like, when we're talking about, you know, where they rank, it, it, every team has different values. I mean, you're talking about 25-year-old pass rusher. Would
0: you rather have Saquon Barkley or Bryce Off? I mean, that's not even close.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, no, 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 that's totally true. But when we're talking about, like, you know, Leonard Floyd and, stu- and, and other players like that, you know, maybe he's more valuable to a team that's right in contention. They just want the one-year rental. So that is a little that is a tough thing to parse here when we're trying to say what. You know what, teams are valuing Bryce Huff over like Leonard Floyd, just to use the example of Chase Young. Yeah, Uh,
3: should we move on to my guy? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I took the very last guy on the list, number 100, who I think Prisco only put it there, uh, as a shout out to me as a personal favor. Number 100 on Pete Prisco's list is none other than. Gardner Minshew look we know no one has been higher on Gardner Minshew in his entire career than me and I think if we learned one thing last season it's that you need to have a good backup quarterback look you're probably not going to win the Super Bowl but if you want to at least keep your playoff hopes alive and have a competitive team you look at all the teams that lost quarterbacks last year uh Aaron Rodgers went down what did the Jets do nothing Kirk Cousins went down what did the Vikings do nothing Joe Burrow went down the Bengals at least finished with a winning record, but did not make the playoffs. The giants did nothing with Daniel Jones. Not that they would have done something with Daniel Jones. And so you look at the Colts and Gardner Minshew did a good job coming in and kind of keeping the ship going on the correct course throughout that season. And so I think if you're in the market for a backup quarterback, you have a quarterback. If you have a quarterback coming off a serious injury, like I don't know, the jets, uh, or if you're the Vikings and you re-sign Cousins and you feel like you, you have a backup who might end up playing at some point in 2024, Gardner Minshew should be your guy.
2: Yeah, I love that. I you know He's somebody for me up here in New England, I've been saying all along, he could be a guy that you bring in. Similar to like Jacoby Brissett's of the world and in those types of players to bring in if you have a young quarterback that you might not think is 100% ready to start week one. He's certainly someone that could come in, keep you relatively low in terms of a higher floor and kind of keep things afloat until that young quarterback is ready to come in. Or like you're saying, if a team like, I don't know, Minnesota loses Kirk Cousins, they draft a guy on day two or they get a guy, you know, I think they're picking like 11th or something like that. If they don't think that that dude's ready right away, you bring in a guy like Mark Gardner Minshew, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Well, I mean, how about the fact that, like,
0: if Gardner Minshew isn't in Indianapolis last year, you know, maybe we're you know, Shane Steichen definitely doesn't come you know, one game away from making the playoffs. And maybe we're talking about, like, early hot seat for Shane Steichen. You know, he, I mean, he was in a coach of the year discussion because you lose Anthony Richardson, a guy who, in that system, the way they want to run him, it's going to be dangerous for him. You need a good backup. I mean, the Colts would have cratered without that last year, to be perfectly frank. It
2: would have been what we're talking about with Chicago, whether it's you draft, you know, Caleb Williams or keep Justin Fields. We would have had these same conversations because they would yes. have a top three draft pick. That's,
0: that's a great point. All right. This free agent dark horse segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Shout out to the CBS Sports HQ producers, Noah and Jack. Noah Mandel, Jack Caporta, um, we were, uh, we actually asked him, hey, do you have graphics that we can use on the on the pod from HQ? And they were like, we sure do. Here's what we've got. Do you want any more? And uh, and Harry and I were like, yeah, can we get like a list of all the running backs on Pete's top 100? And 30 like, seconds later, they sent it back. It was great. So shout out to those guys. Love those guys. We work with those guys all the time. And they do fantastic work. It should be recognized, except for when Noah had me slimed and I fell on my back breach got breach got to slime me because of Noah. Um, but I told Noah thanks to this running back list that he put together, I may take him off as a uh, a personally named defendant in my in my workers' comp lawsuit against Paramount and CBS for for being injured. Breach, you're still on there, buddy. Don't worry. Coming enough for your family. Um Pete perennially complains. They're running backs. You shouldn't pay running backs. Don't pay running backs. Don't draft running backs. You just throw the guy in there, run until he's dead, and then you buy another one. You just get it. cheap. Don't position. Don't do it. And then Pete comes out here and ranks eight running backs in his top 100. He does this with his top 100 players, too. It's like Derrick Henry at four. It's like, you <laughs> say running backs. Running backs don't matter. Speaking of Derrick Henry, he's on this list. A list, which, by the way, I mean, this is a fantasy football Goldmine in terms of the guys that have produced, guys who are big names. I see, I think, five first round picks, first or second round picks from like my fantasy league last year who are free agents. It just speaks to the value of the running back position. We have Saquon Barkley at 16, Josh Jacobs at 24, Derek Henry all the way down at 52. I, don't, I, don't, I guess. Tony Pollard at 58. I don't think I really knew that Tony Pollard was a free agent, to be honest. Uh, DeAndre Swift at 64, Austin Eckler at 74, AJ Dillon at 85, and Zach Moss at 96. Thoughts, uh, Sully on this overall draft, overall free agent class of running backs. Cause it, I mean, I guess some of these guys can go back to their old team. Doesn't feel like many of these guys are gonna get franchise tags.
2: It wouldn't surprise me if we see almost all of these these players on different teams. To be perfectly honest with you, I I don't know if we're going to get. Well, first of all, I don't think some of these players are capable of getting the franchise tag yet again because a lot of them got tagged last year. And so, you know, I'm looking at you know Derek Henry. I know he's the third guy on this list, but you know, overall in terms of career success, he's clearly number one in my opinion. I think that he is, and I said it at the trade deadline. I'll say it now. I think he's perfect for the Baltimore Ravens. I think that if the Ravens are going to go after one of these running backs, because I do believe that they're going to be in the running back market, he is certainly one that I would go after. The The pairing of Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry would, yeah. would create just a, a heck of a mismatch. So to me, that's the biggest takeaway is that I think Derrick Henry's hitting the market. I think his time in Tennessee is done. And where does he go? I would pick Baltimore if I were him.
0: I think um, I've noticed, you know, you know, make these best ball drafts just because it sort of gives you a it gives you a, a an idea of what the general consensus thought process is. Ravens running backs are way down the board. Like Gus Edwards is way down, J.K. Dobbins is way down, Justice Hill is way down, and J.K. Dobbins is a free agent as well. But th- the point being is that it seems, at least seems even Keith Mitchell's way down. And there's so much like up in the air with all these guys. It just seems like Baltimore is a team that is going to find a running back to put in the system. And when you you know, when you think about what Todd Munkin ran at Georgia, and I don't I don't know how I like how identical you can sort of like the apples to apples comparison there because Georgia wanted to be a physical run team and play defense. But I do think the Ravens want to run. And if you go get a Josh Jacobs or a Derrick Henry. And you put them in a system, Lamar Jackson, and the weapons that they've sort of developed. And Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely played great. You can do some two tight end stuff, like read option with Lamar. Dude, how does the like a read option with Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry not destroy the NFL for a full season? You don't do it all the time. I think I think you're onto something. Even yeah, if, I,
2: I think it's one of the craziest red zone threats that we would see in 2024. Is Mark Andrews,
0: have- Derrick Henry, and Lamar Jackson like? That's a 90% red zone touchdown team. Absolutely. 100 percent And honestly,
2: you put any one of one of these running backs, you know, in the top. I don't know. You could go down to I mean, really, all of them at this point. Saquon all with than the Ravens.
0: Saquon with the Ravens would be awesome too. It's I remarkable. think Saquon's Saquon's problem is he really loves New York. The Giants franchise reached. The Giants uh ownership really likes Saquon. And they're not gonna, I don't think they'll franchise tag him. I think he's going to try and go out there and find a bigger deal. He won't find something. I can see him going back to New York. Any thoughts on that, Breach?
3: Uh, On Saquon going back to New York?
0: Like, after he explores the market and is like, oh, there's no money for running backs out there.
3: Uh, I don't know about that because I do feel like there will be some money for running backs. They're not going to get what they want. Look, the market is not going to be ever what it was unless you're Christian McCaffrey. I don't think we're going to see a guy getting – uh, more than twelve million dollars, but I do think there are enough teams that need running backs. And we just, you know, you saw the graphic. You already shouted out the producers. This is a loaded running back class. I mean, the fact that if, if you're the Cowboys or the Eagles or the Ravens, you are sitting there. You have your choice of Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, uh, Saquon Barkley. I mean, this is so loaded that I do think some of these guys. I mean. I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be able to get tag money, which I think is twelve point one million for him because he gets the twenty percent raise over last year's tag. I don't think yeah. he's going to be able to get that, but I do think he'll find a team that'll pay him ten or eleven million, and I think he'd gladly take it to leave the Giants and maybe be in a better situation. Because what if, if the Ravens can't get Derrick Henry, do you think they'll call Josh Jacobs or call Saquon Barkley? So I, yeah,
0: that's I, think- what, I mean, that's what. I don't know if you did. You hear our? I don't know if you heard the comment about uh, Derrick Henry. We just did a whole Ravens Derrick Henry thing but right. Alan Sabo would be in the red zone. But, like, Saquon on the Ravens would be pretty awesome, too. Especially Unreal. catching passes out of the backfield. And you're spelling with Keaton Mitchell, and you got Gus there. Like, you, you, somebody's a hammer. I, I will say, I think that – and I think this is really interesting. Josh Jacobs, friend of the pod, Josh Jacobs, awesome dude. Um, he really wanted out of Las Vegas last year. He did not see eye-to-eye eye with Josh McDaniels. Um, the – I understand it, it wasn't the franchise tag that made him mad with the team. It was them playing him in the second half of the Hall of Fame game that really made him mad, and it made him run angry. McDaniels didn't use him very well in the first half of the season after a great previous year, and I I think he's going to end up staying in Las Vegas on a decent deal because he fits exactly what Antonio Pierce is trying to build there and i think he loves playing for Antonio Pierce. I think Antonio Pierce is like, dude, i will run you 25 times a game and you will pile up stats. And i think i think the raiders actually get something done with Josh Jacobs. That's my that's my inclination there. Well, I like that. I mean, again, it, every from
2: every account, they all wanted Antonio Pierce back. I mean, Max Crosby was like basically requesting a trade if that didn't happen. So if Josh Jacobs has that same type of affection for the new coaching staff, that, that would make all the sense in the world. Breach, I did want to ask you, because I do feel like the Bengals are a sneaky running back really? team this offseason. Are there any of these running backs on your radar? Is, is Am I right in that assumption that they could be targeting one of these guys, or do you think that they just bring back and, Joe Mixon?
0: And we're, we're noting, Breach, that um, our pal and friend of the pod, uh, Paul Dater Jr. of The Athletic, and Joe Mixon are currently in some kind of like little Twitter beef with Dana calling out Mixon saying he needs to take a pay cut or get cut and Mixon saying that, like, Dater, Paul's an idiot and doesn't know what he's talking about.
3: Uh, well, real quick, I want to say on Josh Jacobs that, remember, he set out the last four games of last season when he had the quad injury, it kept. It looked like he was going to return in Week 17, he didn't play, it looked like he was going to return in Week 18, didn't play, so I'm not sure how much on the same page he is with the new coaching staff because, He didn't play many games under them, and then he never came back on the field. He didn't play in their 63-point outburst against the uh, Chargers. The last game he played in was the Raiders' offense did nothing, and they got shut out in that 3-0 loss to the Vikings. So I'll be interested to see if he does want to return. With the Bengals, I would put it at like 70-30 that Mixon is not there, but if he's not there, it's because they don't want to pay him well, the pay cut thing. So you're you're looking at a situation. I don't think the Bengals are going to go out and spend ten million dollars on a running back when they have Mixon under contract uh, at a reasonable rate. And so if they're not willing to pay him, I, you know they're not going to go out and sign Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley. I don't think unless those guys are willing to take something between like three and five million. So uh, would they love to have one of those guys? Yes, I'm sure they would. But they're not going to break the bank to pay a running back.
4: The
0: Cowboys, really quickly. I don't want to. I don't want to expand the segment too much, but I do think the Cowboys are really interesting. And look, I hand up. I honestly, I, don't, I really don't think I was like. I just. I forgot. Tony Pollard played on the franchise tag because he got tagged. And he signed it so fast. I was like, yeah, he's a free agent. Rico Dowdle's a free agent. He was coming off a broken no? leg. Of course, he signed it.
3: He's like, wait. Well, he no, was no, like no. I mean,
0: he wants his he's like 10 million, He's like ten million free bucks. But I just wonder, Rico Dowdle's a free agent the only running back the Cowboys have under contract right now for 2024 is Deuce Vaughn. And it's not a huge deal because there's all these running backs who are free agents, but man, a Mike McCarthy offense with the Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler or I don't know, Derek Henry. I mean, I don't know. Like it's, do we think the Cowboys are going to just sort of, because sometimes with Dallas you'll have situations where a guy like Tony Pollard will just, like you just want to stick around Dallas, it feels like. like. Maybe sign for a little bit less. But he wasn't very productive. Dowdle was better. Uh, I don't know. The Cowboys situation just looks so interesting to me.
2: Yeah, I think that they could bring, honestly, any of these in. But to me, I think Austin Eckler would be the most fascinating because if they just want to go all in on just airing it out and just saying, hey, we're going to we're gonna throw it all over the field. We're going to throw it out of the backfield, we're going to just basically, you know, throw the running game off to the side. Obviously, you know, being a little facetious, but – That, to me, I think would be an interesting one because you have a guy in Austin Eckler who has been with the Chargers his entire career. It's, you know, for the most part, been an afterthought franchise in the city that they're currently in. And then they obviously they relocated from San Diego. If you could just all of a sudden put the star on the side of your helmet and be the running back for the Dallas Cowboys, I think that would be very attractive for him. And even someone
3: like Austin Eckler where you have a guy who can catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, I was or Josh Jacobs. Who I was going to go through. I, I Or really even
0: somebody like Austin Eckler. Any one of these running backs
3: would be a good fit with the Cowboys. Even Derrick yeah. Henry for one yeah. season. Just having someone who could bulldoze. I think you, you were know.
0: thinking. Sully was saying Saquon Barkley, but you're right. Like I mean, both like oh, pop. I mean, it all works. You pop that star on your helmet. It's like you have a monster season. In that I'll, Tony Pollard. Like it, 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 I had Tony Pollard fantasy. If you watched him play a bunch, if you watched the Cowboys play. He could have scored like 20 touchdowns. He was tackled with one a bunch, and he just wasn't very explosive because of that injury. I mean, he could have had a big year. Josh
3: Jacobs, Uh, too, I think could be a good fit with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, there are three teams on this list with six players apiece. The Ravens, the Titans, and the Colts. In the interest of expediency, do we all agree that this is a clean sweep for the Baltimore Ravens in terms of being the team that has the most to lose Matabike fourth. Look at that. Six players in Pete's top 60. It sounds like Zeitler may be already out the door. One or two of those defensive players, Matabique, Queen, and Clowney, all of them had best career best seasons. It might be Donald Scheme, and maybe Geno Stephen, you said the same thing, are probably going to bounce. And who loves chasing a ring more than Odell Beckham, right?
2: I think that this, I said it, I said it earlier this week. It was one of my lessons. Go back and listen to the episode. It, it. You have to question these teams that have a lot of change. And I was talking about it from the defensive coordinator standpoint, losing Mike McDonald. If all of a sudden you're now telling me that they're also going to lose Matabike, Queen, Stone, or Clowney, or some combination of all of those guys, they were a great defense a year ago. They could certainly be a good defense in 2024, but when you have that much brain power and talent drained in an offseason, that sounds the alarmist for me. But Sully, didn't you also say that like organizational consistency, right,
3: and is that the key? Would, and the Ravens lose, are a, an, but the Ravens are an organization that has been consistent about what they're doing, and that they're building through the draft, and that like they've been doing the same thing since John Harbaugh took over, and it's been pretty successful with multiple playoff appearances and. Uh, A Super Bowl win. So is that cancel that out? The fact that is this do you trust this front office to let these guys go because they have a track record of success?
2: No, I do. But at the same time, I just really am putting more stock into hey, if you lose your defensive coordinator, and now you're also losing potentially some of your key free agents that what made you an AFC championship contender, the number one defense in the NFL. I don't know if you can just say, okay, we're just going to go into the draft and nail it and bring these guys in and be great. I think that sometimes you do need to have that stability.
3: And I'll say real quick, the Ravens led the NFL in sacks. Their defense said they had 60. Uh, these defensive players represent 26 of those 60 sacks. So you're losing Ooh. a good chunk of your pass rush. You're losing a, a potentially losing a starting offensive lineman. And then someone in your secondary. So uh, yeah, this is there's a reason we agree that if if these free agents all walk, that would hurt the Ravens a lot.
0: Yeah, and I can't stress enough. Oh, you see this all the time, free agents like go to Seattle. It's, it's across the country. These dudes have been all over the place. You know, like these guys have been all over the place their entire lives. You follow Mike McDonald, that scheme that made you a high highly valued free agent. Mike McDonald probably will be willing to you know assert some influence and, and be able to pull guys in. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, valuable veterans, surprise free agents, and winners, free agency fighting the future. Next.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Free Agency Bonanza continues here on the Big 6 Podcast. Valuable veterans. Uh, You see it all the time. Like, so, Jay how about that? Does that one work, right? Like. You David Clowney is a guy who remember the pandemic when we had J. David Clowney watch every every day on the on the on the on the Six podcast, CBS Sports Showbreach. Uh he, you know, flies under the radar now, but a guy who you sign makes a huge difference for your team. Uh I'll start. I think Leonard Floyd could be the guy. In fact, he made a difference last year for the Buffalo Bills. They signed him because they when it spent big on Von Miller. Von gets hurt. They don't know if he's gonna be ready to start the season. They want to bring him in slowly. So to sort of supplement him, they go and get Leonard Floyd. He has 10 and a half sacks on a one-year contract. Um, as Pete notes, he was second on the team in pressures. He's a former, he's a former first-round pick by the Bears who has been productive in some of these stops. I think he won a Super Bowl with the Rams. To me, at 28, maybe a little, maybe a little low. I don't know. I think this is a guy who is gonna keep piling up these one-year deals, maybe not breaking the bank because he doesn't have that upside a little older, but a nice veteran. Player that somebody could sign. Who you got, uh Breach?
3: Uh, I have DJ Reader. Look, you don't see too many Bengals bots of Bangles bot I have to pick a Bengals player. Correct. Uh look, he's a great run stuffer. He's somebody you want. He's a veteran. He's gonna turn 30 in July. So he fits that veteran mold, especially when you consider he's going into his ninth NFL season. And when you have somebody who can clog the middle like that, that opens things up for everyone on your defense whether that's your pass rush that helps your linebackers and so uh what he's been able to do in Cincinnati he's been a key key part of that defense uh I think it would be spectacular if the Bengals were able to resign him but if they cannot and if they don't uh this he would be a huge signing for any team out there that really needs a run stuffer in the middle
0: and as Pete notes uh the late season injury that can often end up with a one-year deal and that's a guy, DJ Reader, you added on one-year deal, he's playing for a contract, could really impact the defense. Who you got, Sully?
2: Oftentimes when we talk about these older guys, it's to Super Bowl contenders, right? I mean, they're they're looking for somebody to latch on to to win a title. I think Stephon Gilmore is one of those guys that he's at this stage of his career where he's going to pick his spot to go to a legit contender and also be a legitimate force in that secondary. I think I think Detroit is a team, that should be going after him. I mentioned them with Jalen Johnson. That's kind of the home run swing. But if are you're, yeah. but if you if you are the Lions who allowed like seven yards per catch last season, you have to fix this secondary. Stephon Gilmore is someone who not only is a former Defensive Player of the Year. He allowed like fifty five percent completion percentage when he was the primary corner in, in coverage, but he's won Super Bowls. He knows how to get over that hump. He's made big plays in AFC Championship games. He's somebody who I thought was really impressive last year with Dallas after they lost Trayvon Diggs for the year. Obviously yeah. you, you, you know there's, there was a lot of names in that defense, but he's someone who I think flew a little bit under the radar, and he is still a shutdown corner in this in, in the league, I think, and I still think that he could be an impact player at his
0: old age. And I think one of the things you can see the theme with all three of those guys quiet, positive locker room influences yep. who come in can, you know, are malleable, not going to, not going to rock the boat, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like one of those, you know, some of the words you have in there don't back him other. He ended up being fine. All right. Surprise free agents. Guys who aren't on this list yet that we could see, I'll start here. I'm going to name one of the two. Uh, I think I will not be both. One of the two star chargers wide receivers in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, the Chargers are way above the cap already—forty-five million dollars, I think—and a pre-June uh, one cut would for Keenan Allen say twenty-three million, and Mike Williams save twenty million. Mike Williams is coming off an ACL tear. I mean, I don't think it would be surprising at all if you saw the Chargers say, "We drafted Quentin Johnson in the first round." They may Joe Alt has been the name, the line, the offensive lineman, but also Brock Bowers is the guy who's been mentioned for the Chargers. Like they could go out and invest. Elsewhere, or get they just get a little, they're gonna have to get a little cheaper at wide receiver. I think this has been coming for them for a while. And when you spin that first round pick on Quentin Johnson, uh, you have to make some hard decisions. I think one of those receivers hits the open market for the Chargers, Preach.
3: Uh, yeah, and you know what? I'll throw two more Chargers names out just because you're the reason a big reason you're matching them is because they are so far of the salary cap, as you said. Uh, that's why it's a
0: great segue. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: And if you look at the defensive <laughs> side of the ball, they have two guys, Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack, who both uh, together carry $75 million cap it combined. I mean, that's insane to have that tied up in the two defensive players. Um, I, Cleo Mack had a really good season in 2023. So I'd be shocked if that happened, but thirty eight and dollar cap. It makes you think eh, maybe it will. And then you have Bosa who's been dealing with injuries and that one, I mean, look, you have a Harbaugh brother going in there. They do what they want to do. And if he thinks, why do we want to pay this guy this much money when he's injured all the time? Uh, so I would say all those two, Bosa would seem more likely. And then in non-chargers, we already kind of talked about mixing how he might end up leaving. That's not a huge saving for the Bengals. So that's not kind of a surprise for agent here. I don't think that's a huge surprise. But Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb coming off this huge injury, if the Browns would release him, they would save $11 million in cap space. That is a hefty sum of money, especially when this, you have a team who was kind of trying to figure out their salary cap situation. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with Nick Chubb.
0: Worth we're, we're noting, uh, Mary Kay Cabot, friend of the pod, uh, reported on uh, Thursday today, like earlier today, that Chubb is going to be on the roster. That doesn't mean that, you're right, like that's still a hefty sum. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. These, a... these are called surprise free agents. This no, no, no. no, no. I'm, say, I'm, saying, cool. I'm, saying, I'm saying that people, like sources close to the team are saying we're going to keep Nick Chubb around, but like, that's not a guarantee. They, they may be banking on a restructured contract and he might not do it. And then adios. Sorry, sorry. go ahead. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Sorry. I thought the breach was going no, for it's... another answer. Uh, no. Mine. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit because it's more likely that this person gets traded more than they do. than they do actually hit the open market. But the Patriots would clear about $5 million if they cut Matt Judon. And I Ooh. think that he is somebody that, will be available to teams this offseason. Again, I don't think he's going to get cut because you don't cut a player that's that impactful, but he's also coming off of an injury. He's somebody who is 31, 32 years old, doesn't really fit the timeline for this Patriots team right now, but would certainly be attractive to one of these contenders that are looking for a legit pass rusher. He's a phenomenal talent. The Patriots kind of had moved money last year, to get him to kind of come out of this whatever it was in training camp. It was like a hold in, he kind of was hanging out but not really practicing. They moved some money up. He only has a base salary of 6.25 uh, 6.5 million this season. I think that there unless you see something, you know, an extension happen, he's going in the final year of his deal. Don't be surprised if you start hearing things
0: about Matt Judon possibly get moved. All right, every year there's a winner in free agency, the offseason champion. Usually all due respect to Harry. It was the Miami Dolphins for a lot of years. You see, the Dolphins always the Dolphins always win the offseason. Uh, lately it's been the AFC West, the non-Chiefs, AFC West, that wins the offseason. Um, of course, the all-time GOAT offseason champion, though, is gonna be my we're gonna predict the offseason champions now. I'm gonna guess that the OG off-season champion, the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders return to the throne. This year, the reason why is you have this high-profile coaching staff, Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, you're hired, a division you think you can make some noise in, you have new ownership, and while they have shied away from doing things that Dan Snyder did, I think that going out and spending big in free agency and saying this is an attractive place to come, one, you're overcorrecting for that coaching search, which which, which, which went really poorly and made it look like it wasn't as attractive a job as as we sort of thought. And then two, you're you're giving some goodwill to your fan base, and three, you're bringing in like guys who are going to fit Dan Quinn system. We saw, uh, you know, I just think you can get a lot out of Dan Quinn and that defense, and maybe Cliff Kingsbury. You add a new, you add a new quarterback, right? So I think Washington, my early prediction for all season champs. i uh, preach uh, you got sorry.
3: From back in the day, remember when they were going after Deion Sanders and they who, Albert Hainsworth?
0: Albert, oh God, Andrew Dawson. Some of the stuff Snyder did was crazy, man.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with the Bears. I feel like the Bears, even though sometimes it seems like they don't know what they're doing, that they have literally circled the 2024 offseason as the one they are going to win. And I'm talking straight from free agency through the draft. Obviously, two of the top 10 picks in the NFL draft. They might trade Justin Fields. If they do, they'll have even more picks. And then you look at free agency, they have the third most cap room uh going into this draft, one of only three teams that have more than sixty-six million dollars. Brenton's commanders are uh, one of the three teams, Patriots are the other team. So they have the money to make some noise. And so if you combine that money with the draft picks they have, uh I, I think on May 1st, we'll be talking about the amazing offseason the Bears had.
0: Well, and the Bears, the Bears kind of tried to win the offseason last year. They spent a bunch of money. So we there is a there is a history of Ryan Poles doing this. Um, we've also, you know. Matt is still kind of on the hot seat, ish. So it's like if you want to, you want to shore everything up around a young. I think I think it's a good idea to go after, um, you know, a, a team that might secure uh, pieces around a young quarterback that you're adding, or Sully, perhaps a, a quarterback that is, you know, on the rise or already arrived.
2: Yeah, and that's why I have the Houston Texans as the the likely winner of the off because they already have their quarterback situation figured out. They already have their head coaching situation figured out. They were able to keep. Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator we referenced earlier this week, one of the early wins of the offseason. And I think that ball is only going to continue to roll because now that you have Stroud in place and you already have a pretty solid offensive line in front of him, it's not like you have to recreate that overnight. Now it's the fun part. Now it's like, all right, what wide receivers do we want to put Tank Dell and Nico Collins? Mike Evans is from Houston. Right. Let's bring in Mike Evans. Let's bring in T. Higgins. Let's see what Michael Pittman's availability is in free agency. This is where you can start to get a little fun, and you have a quarterback on his rookie deal. You have top 10 cap space in the league. This is the time that you start throwing the wallet around to build it around C.J. Stroud while he's still on his rookie deal you can bring in high impact defensive players, skill position players. I think it's going to look real sexy, you know, by the end of this summer where you're like, "Okay, the Texans, they really loaded up and CJ Stroud year 2, let's see what he does." And I could see a lot of people jumping on that train.
0: And the Texans went out and secretly got a bunch of free agents last year. They were sort of under the radar like a, a Sheldon Rankin's type on the defensive side of the ball. Um and 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 it worked out like in the way and now you could see them maybe Make that push knowing we have CJ Stroud on this rookie deal. I think I think that's a great call. Like all three of those choices. If you like those choices, give us a like on YouTube. Give you like anyway. Hit the subscribe button, turn on alerts. You'll be notified when we go live. Um, this is the time of year of free agency when this podcast thrives. Live live shows when DeAndre Hopkins is traded for Todd Gurley or uh or no, excuse me. Who it was it? Who did he get traded for? So David Johnson. David Johnson, thank you, yeah. My brain's kind of broken today. But you get the point. Free agency is the time. Yeah, Why we break business. Todd Gurley stories? Yeah, you broke the Todd Gurley story. That's right. Now is the time to subscribe is the whole point. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Give us a download. Hit the five-star button on your favorite podcast platform. For Sully, for Breach, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later.